morning, everybody. We're going to go ahead and get started this morning. Glad to see everybody out. And we'll uh, start with a worship. Uh, we'll start with a prayer, and we'll get into our time of worship. Father, um, we come to you this morning. God, we're thankful for the day that you've given to us. We're thankful for the opportunity to come here and to worship you. Uh, Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to meet uh, with our, uh, our family here at this church. Uh, Father, just um, pray that you would be with our time. Uh, God, as we, um, as we surround your throne, Father, with worship, I pray that we would sing. I pray that we would allow our, uh, our voices to be a uh, blessing to you, Father, and encouragement to the people around us. Uh, God, that we would all join together uh, in worship to you. Uh, Father, you're so worthy of our worship. God, you're worthy of everything that we are, so I pray that um, I pray that this morning, uh, God, that we would just uh, we would lift our hearts to you, God, we would lift our spirits to you, uh, Father, that we can um, we can just come in contact with you, uh, Father, in your uh, your grace and your mercy, uh, Father, and all the things that you bless us with. I uh, pray for um, pray for all those who are not able to be here this morning, Father, for whatever reason, God, I just pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would be with. Uh, whatever is going on in their lives, Father, if it's uh, struggles of some sort, Father, I pray that you would uh, bless them with, uh, with your mercy, Father, bless them with healing, uh, Father, help them to, uh, to know that we love them, we care for them, Father, and for them to uh, reach out to us, Father, and so that we can reach out um, and help, uh, help them in whatever way they need, uh, Father, just um, pray for our service this morning, I pray for the men who will serve. Uh, God, I pray that you would be with their hearts uh, as they uh, lead this congregation, uh, Father, and as we, um, as we read from your word, uh, Father, as we pray to you, Father, as we are led in communion, uh, God, that, um, that we would be blessed um, for being here and for being in your presence. Uh, Father, I pray that you would be with Jamie, I pray that you would be with him uh, as he presents your message this morning, Father, that you would, you would give him boldness, uh, Father, you would give him the the words to speak, uh, God, that you would speak through him, uh, bless him with the things that you have um, put on his heart to, to bring to us. Uh, Father, help us to be open to you. Uh, God, help us to be uh, broken before you. Uh, Father, that we can accept uh, the word that you have. Uh, God, I just pray that, um, again, that you would just be with our time. Uh, Father, bl uh, bless us during this time and watch over us. Uh, just give us a um, a good day in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Light of the world, you set down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with So highly exalted, glorious in 
put my helpers on. Scripture reading is Matthew 2, 1 through 6. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, He asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for every blessing that you've given us. Lord, you've given us life and health. You've given us a Savior to come and cleanse us of our sins. Lord, we thank you for the beauty of the weather. We thank you for the beauty of the land and every blessing that you've given us. Lord, we pray at this time that you'll be with the sick and those who are concerned for the sick. We pray, Lord, you'll be with them and the people that are taking care of them. We pray, Lord, that you'll strengthen them and encourage them in your will. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us this morning as we listen and as we worship. We pray, Lord, you'll help us to worship from the heart. We pray, Lord, you'll help us to open our hearts to you and to each other. We pray, Lord, you'll help us to understand the words that you've given us. Help us to understand the things that you want us to see, the things that you want us to do. We pray, Lord, you'll be with us as we worship. Pray, Lord, you'll be with us as we serve. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.
Good morning, sunshine. As we gather around the, the table this morning, I want to read a, a couple different uh, passages of Scripture from, from the New Testament. I'm going to start out in the uh, Gospel of John, if you want to uh, turn there, and I'm going to read a couple verses from uh, Hebrews also. John starts his Gospel out when he starts to tell the story of Jesus in quite a different way than, than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He says in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. And in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Then skipping down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. The writer of Hebrews starts his book out in a very similar way. In verse 1 it says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Both of these writers wanted to communicate to us right out of the gate so that we would have the confidence to know that this Jesus who lived in the flesh, born in Bethlehem and raised in Nazareth by a a carpenter, even though he was in person, he wasn't just another prophet, he just wasn't another apostle that could do miracles, but he was part of the Godhead himself, and after creating this world in us, he transformed himself and, and came down as a human. And as the, as the writer of Hebrews said there towards the end of that passage, he came with a purpose. And the purpose was to save us from our sins. And that's what we're here today, this morning, in part to celebrate. What he did many years ago is just effective today for us as it was for those people back then. And because of that, we all, as we live our lives here, um, not only have a lot of joy, but also have a lot to look forward to, uh, not only while we're on this earth, but the, the many things that we have to come after this earth that, that we can't even begin to imagine. So let's uh, focus on these things as we uh, give thanks for the bread. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful for you 
We are thankful for your graciousness, uh, your kindness, your love, the mercy that, that we have through your son Jesus, who you allowed to come here, be a perfect example, and then ultimately be the, the last, uh, the perfect, uh, the sacrifice that we need so that you can see us as yours and that it allows us to be a part of your family and your people. And because of that, uh, we get to receive the blessings of being yours. And we, we realize and are thankful for that. Uh, help us always to have this on our mind each day we live. We pray that as we partake of this bread that each one of us will just examine our lives and, and just uh, look at ourselves and, and see if we are striving to conduct ourselves as people who are yours, Father. We're thankful for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's bow together again. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for Jesus. We know that it's his blood that uh, allows us to be seen as, as pure and, and, and perfect in your eyes. We, 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 we struggle as people to understand that, uh, comprehend it. And, and, and Father, we just pray that you overlook our humanness and weakness in that regard. Uh, Father, we just pray that... Um, We'll be people that uh, strive to, to be yours, and uh, through the blood of Jesus, which, which, which makes us yours, that uh, we'll be a shining light to the people that we come into contact with each day. And uh, again, we're just thankful for um, the forgiveness of sins through your, your son's shed blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
you all stand with me? Keep moving through our worship this morning. Um, you know, we used to have this uh, preacher that came down a few times, a lot of times like around youth rallies or something like that, and he had a saying that he would uh, he'd throw out when he said something that really excited him, and I'm going to say it and. If you know who I'm talking about, you know, you'll know, but I'll tell you in a second. But he had this saying that he said, he said, don't that just knock the nail right out of your shoe? Anybody know who I'm talking about? Leonard Moses, anybody? Yeah, okay. Leonard was from uh, Trinidad, Tobago, so he kind of had a little accent. But when Jeff was reading that from he- uh, from Hebrews, you know, that's, that's one of the things that's like, he says, uh, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. I mean, that's one of those things that you just have to kind of hold on to because what you see Jesus doing is what God is doing. And, you know, it's the exact same thing. And it's just... That's one of those things that you should get excited about, that you know that, that what you see Jesus doing is the same thing that God would be doing. So we're going to sing this song, and then we'll have our uh, few minutes of uh, fellowship just to kind of shake hands and greet each other. These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord, and these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sword, still we are the voice in the desert crying, prepare the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds,
Ruler of everything, he's ruler of everything. 
good morning, sunshine. Starting a, a new series this month, this month only. Um, I celebrate the day, talking about the birth of Jesus, obviously, and uh, borrowed from one of our favorite um, Reliant K songs about the birth of Jesus. I celebrate the day that you came to die so I could one day pray for you to save my life. Powerful uh, message to us, and that's the theme we're going to be working through today and through the rest of this month, slowly but surely. Mark 1 starts his, or Mark starts his gospel, his story of Jesus by saying this is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's powerful. You know, I mean, it's like, wow. I mean, the beginning of the good news. We know the story of Jesus is good news. And then Matthew 2, I want to share that with you a bit this morning to kind of set the pace for where we're going to go for the next little bit. In Matthew 2, um, he says it like this. During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in, in all Jerusalem as well. And he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law and asked them where the Christ was to be born. And they said, in Bethlehem and Judea, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. Out of you will come a, a leader, a ruler, who will shepherd my people, Israel. And they called the Magi secretly, and he found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, for I too want to go and worship him. And so after they heard the king, they hurried off. And the star they had saw in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And coming to the house, they saw the, the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another route. And after they had left, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and escape to Egypt. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And so he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and went to the land of Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And when King Herod heard that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. and He gave orders to kill all the baby boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity, who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had heard from the Magi. And then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in Egypt in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in the land of Israel in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And having been warned in a dream, he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And then what was filled through the prophets, or what was said through the prophets was fulfilled. My son will be called a Nazarene. The story of Jesus' birth, and there's so much about it for us. There's so much going on with it. I love to hear the, at the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, right? The, there's a, a move in that from, from, from Mark. 
Matthew, you know, he tells the story a couple of ways, or he comes in it a couple of different ways. But in Matthew 2, you know, he tells us there's something afoot. There's something really, really bad going on here. We read it, it's so full of drama, you know, and some, so, this time of year there's so much um, almost excitement, romance, those kinds of things that are, 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 are there. They're, they're heavy. It's, it's full of those things. But it's full of danger. I mean, it's full of, like, pursuit and death. Jesus' birth is, is it, it calls us back when we read Matthew 2 to even the beginning when God says in the beginning. And then as the story unfolds, it reminds us, you know, after the fall that, that, that Satan and Jesus are going to go head to head. And here's Satan. And his intent is to kill Jesus. What a plan, right? I mean, it's got a, a, a grown man, king, searching a baby, searching for a baby to kill him. If we could get Jesus dead before he gets this thing going, how much better would this be? So this isn't just a cute little story. It's not something you're just watching on TV. There is a king trying to kill a baby. And he is in relentless pursuit of Jesus to kill him. That's what this whole chapter is about. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of running. There's a lot of hiding. Um, there's just no way that Jesus alone, that Mary and Joseph alone could care for baby Jesus. And, and, and here's the story, okay? That's the, the whole point of all of this is how powerful and how, how meaningful it is that, that God working through Mary and Joseph could protect this story for you and me today. And that's what we want to look at just a little bit, is how powerful that, that Herod was with Rome's backing, how Jesus was the, played the, the complete opposite game with how he wields this thing. If we could go back just a moment, if you can see this at the bottom, it says, I celebrate the day, and then there's a subtitle for today. It says, A Tale of Contrasting Powers, Herod versus Jesus. How Herod wielded his power... Versus how Jesus works through his power. And then maybe there's some things for us in the story today, okay? So let's move on here a minute. There's Herod. That's a fine-looking man, though he's very corrupt. Herod was known as Herod the Great. That's how you would know him. You've heard him in history. He reigned 37 BCE to 4 BCE, right? He was a practicing Jew of Arab origin. He was um, a puppet king, if you will, okay? He was... He worked with Rome. He became the unchallenged king of Judea in 40 B.C. after the Roman Senate appointed him as the king of Judea and equipped him with an army. So if, if someone makes you king over a country and gives you an army, you're in pretty good shape, right? But you want to go back to the fact that he was a puppet king, if you will. He, the, the, the deal is you're only powerful as long as things are good, with you and the people over you. In other words, they're just pulling your strings. And by the way, this is an abuse of power, in case you don't know. Um, um, it's never right to wield authority over people. It's never right to be brutal. It's never right to call the shots. There's something wrong with this. That's why we're telling the story, Herod versus Jesus, a contrasting view of power here. He was, I mean, he had all the power. Rome was the place, and Herod was the guy over Judea, which, which in, in Palestine, which Israel was, uh, was included. He was in constant conflict with the Pharisees because they considered him a foreigner. He wasn't a Jew by birth, 
but he had been in place of his dad was was uh, was a was a was a practicing Jew. Handed this story down to him. There was a there was an attack on Israel and on them at one time, and he and he he fled to Rome, and that's when the smooching and the working with all the Roman authorities. And next thing you know, and and that's what they would do a lot. You know, you conquer a country, and 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 the problem is. To go in and get, com, give complete upheaval of the place, set up your own people and your own, you know, um, governors and things like that, it would cause a lot of problem. But in the story of Rome and often in the Old Testament, you would see them go in, conquer a country. But, hey, if you uh, pay, you know, attention to us, you listen to what we say, we'll leave you in the authority you're in. And that's what happened. He's run off, sent back, and is doing his thing for Rome. Herod was a bad guy, make no mistake. He was a ruthless and often paranoid ruler. He was very abusive in all he did, incredibly abusive in all he did. Um, maintained his authority through force, manipulation, eliminating perceived threats. Herod's cruelty and brutality reflected in all several historic accounts. I mean, you can see what a, what a bad guy this guy is. He's thought to have a mental instability that was fed by the deception of his own family. He struggled anyway, but his sister convinced him to kill his wife and kids. And Wow. The, the, the twisted, you know, mess that people can get in, especially him. And in his last years, and here's, here's where we want to dial in for him just a couple moments. In his last years, he suffered from arteriosclerosis, had, a, had to repress a revolt, became involved in a quarrel with his Nebetian neighbors and lost favor with Augustus Caesar. Okay, so now get this. And this is what this is supposed to do for you for a moment, okay? Herod is a king. Nabatean, Nabatean, I, I, I can't get that right, you know. Anyway, this is what this is supposed to do for you. You're supposed to see Herod, at least in this moment and in this story, as a normal guy with power. You're supposed to see Herod as not some guy far away that's just wielding his... No, he is very local. He is very local. He is a governor, or it wasn't really, really a king, as, as it were. He wasn't that guy. He was like a governor, more than a mayor, you know. But he was an everyday guy. There's a chance other than being in his, uh, you know, whatever wonderful place. You live, you're going to see Herod being somewhere, doing something. And so, and this makes him very human. And you have to see Herod as human. He suffered a lot of things in a very short period of time. Conflict in his inner family, killing his own family members, struggling with authority and everything else, and being an everyday guy who was in power made some horrible decisions, made some incredibly horrible decisions that you and I would make, put in wrong circumstances Difficult circumstances and seeing no way out if we were not connected well to Jesus and one another. This is not foreign. I mean, I know we look and we go, what? But we know people suffering with some of these things. <laughs> all of them, if you will. Maybe not all at once and maybe not in power. But there's some stuff going on here that's pretty bad, right? And after he killed the infants in Bethlehem and attempted suicide... He died just, a, just soon after that. So he kills all the babies, and then he tries to take his own life, and it doesn't work, and then dies shortly after that. So this is Herod, a little bit deeper. 
The arrival of the king of the Jews. So here's where things get really pressed for our story. The arrival of the king of the Jews presents a threat to Herod, the great's throne. It presents a threat to his throne and Israel's corrupt religious political leadership in Jerusalem. Remember when we tell the story at the beginning? We say, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. It's because the people in power, the religious people in power, they don't want this thing being upset. We got a way that we're doing this because not only was Herod abusing all of them, but the religious leaders were abusing the Israelites, you know, as, a, as, as, a, as their family in worship and those kinds of things. So this wasn't good. This Jesus coming onto the scene was not good. Now, back to the, the, the genocide, as some would say. Here's the thing about that. We read this story, and, you know, and we, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, right? And so then you press on to where the Magi trick him, and you know, when he finds out he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he, he sends people to just kill all the baby boys who are two years old and under in accordance with the time he heard from the Magi. So, so in our minds, you know, there's thousands of kids. Not really thousands of kids. One's too much. But probably in a small town like Jerusalem, it's more like 10, 30, 20, 30, a couple of dozen. But one's too many, right? And so here's what we find with Herod. We have a broken, ruthless ruler with lots of power at his disposal, searching for a baby boy who has his mom and his dad for protection. That's all he's got. He's built incredible things. He, was, he built a second temple. He built magnificent um, buildings and monuments and everything in Rome. But as the story unfolds, or for Rome and Israel, but as the story unfolds, he just wants to kill Jesus. He feels very threatened. He uses power to serve himself and enslave others. At the end of the story, Herod the Great, uses his power to serve and enslave others. In fact, the ones he sent to kill Jesus are people that he ordered to go kill these baby boys and one of them hoping to be Jesus. Now, the power of the story of Jesus is quite the other. You're going to see that he never uses his power in those kinds of ways. I mean, that, that he was born into this situation. You have to know that God knew what he was doing from the beginning. Scripture even says, um, worthy is the lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. And so when Jesus is born, he's born incredibly vulnerable, incredibly unsafe. It's not like he's born at a hospital like we were, born in a palace. He's born in a manger or a, a cave. He's born in a place where he is so unsafe, unsanitary, un, uncared. I mean, he was cared for, but he wasn't protected. And so how is he going to protect himself? Well, he doesn't. This is a little hard to see here, so stay with me. The prince of heaven who gladly led heaven, left heaven and came here to love, serve, and die for us. The difference in Jesus and the difference in Herod starts right there. Herod came to use, to serve, to kill, or do things on his own. He was there in power to use, you know, however. Jesus gladly came from heaven to give himself away. He made himself vulnerable by being born of Mary and just a young girl that he had created himself. He made her and then made himself through her. She and her husband Joseph had to keep him safe. They had to feed him, change his diaper, burp him, tuck him into bed. I mean, this is what's going on in this story. King with power chasing Jesus with no power. He's powerless to defend himself from a grown man king who had an army at his disposal. Moving on. Remember how Herod used his power. 
And Jesus, in his complete power, loves, serves, and offers freedom to everyone. So, so you have the story as it unfolds here. You got a, you got a King Herod who wants no, his, his, his insecurities, his battles, his struggles, his mental health, everything else, the powers that be weighing on him out of control. Here's that there is a king of the Jews. We saw a star in the east. We've come to worship him. We have a Jesus who shows up in vulnerability and does nothing to change the script, the story, just keeps working through this story. And as it unfolds, as the story unfolds, Herod dies and his story ends. Archelaus steps into the, the story and a whole nother part of it begins. But Herod does not have his day with Jesus. Darkness, evil, the evil that's afoot in Bethlehem and Judea and those places, it does not have its day. God protects Jesus through just, a, just his mom, his dad, Joseph, through moving them along, through angels showing up in dreams and moving them into places they should go. And if you listen to the scripture, you hear how many times there was a, there was a prophecy that was fulfilled, another prophecy that's fulfilled, and another prophecy that's fulfilled. God is trying to do something here with us. He's trying to remind us, I'm bringing you good news. I have good news of great joy for you. My son will not be thwarted. No matter what Herod tries to do, no matter what the world tries to do, I'm moving in history. I'm moving with you right now. I'm going to do something. But the question comes down to this, okay? We can look at all Herod's credentials and see how, you know, wow, how vast. And we look at Jesus and we can... We can wrestle with all the whys that he came for us. Against all odds, it seemed. Against any hope, it seemed. Against the, 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 all the powers that be, he's just a baby, and no one's looking out for him. And, and, but, but, the, but it all boils down to something really important here, and that is about us and what do we do. What will we say about Herod and his power? He uses it to serve himself. Jesus uses his power, what to free and to help others. But what about us? Jesus' birth was and is the beginning of our forgiveness and freedom. We get that. We know that part of the story. His birth truly brought peace on earth and goodwill to men. We understand that as well. He used and uses his power to serve and give himself away. And we celebrate these things. But here's where, um, here's where I just want us to wrestle for just a moment today. If we truly understand or grasp what, what was trying to, what was happening that day, and we look at Herod and how he wields his power versus Jesus and how he shares his power, there's something that you have to ask yourself and I have to ask myself is, how do I do this? What's going on with me and my story? How am I living this thing out? Because the reality of our lives is we don't live in Bible stories. No, yes, we do. Only they're not being written on a page but we don't live in bible stories and we're not on a, we're not on a you're not going to look us up on youtube and places like that to see what our lives look like what happens is we're living everyday lives among everyday people doing everyday things and it's not that far off to say the one with the power still kinds of kind of wins it's not that far off to say that the one in power still kind of wins the one who's in authority, whether they use it for good or bad, still often wins. The one who's abusive in authority, even religious authority, still at the end of the day, they kind of win. The ones at work, 
the ones in stock markets, the ones in, in, in governments, the ones in places like that, those with the power, unfortunately, still often win. They spend it on self or they spend it on supporting. And Jesus didn't live that way. And so his life has called us to something uniquely different. His life has called us to change, be changed into him, be transformed into him as we studied in patterns, and to move us to humility. He, he calls us like him to use his power instead to be kind to people in a life experience like us. And I don't know if I'm going to get a sit, everybody stand on a stage or, or be on a radio or write a song that's played, you know, to thousands of people to bring some kind of movement or change. What you are is you work every day with people. You go to church three times a week with people. You go to the grocery store with people. You drive down the highway with people. Just everyday people doing everyday things. And... And the call of Jesus would say, I want you to be moved to humility. I want you to be moved to be kind. That's what Jesus looked like. That's what brought him from heaven to earth was kindness of the Father living through him. To open our hearts to embrace others. Now, this is a big one. It's one thing for me to hug you. It's one thing for me to put my arm around you. It's another story to open my arms to embrace you. Herod stayed on his throne, stayed in his power. Jesus completely left heaven and the heavenlies where he was honored far greater than Herod ever experienced. He was worshipped far greater than all those who called themselves the, the, a god in Rome, Caesar. I mean, he was worshipped and honored and loved and adored. And he gave all of that up, not to throw an arm around us, but to open his heart to embrace us like the the, 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 the the most difficult thing you've ever done the thing that you're most ashamed of the thing that you said I will never be like that I will never do that's not never going to happen in my life that you keep doing that you want to stop and all of those things Jesus opened his heart and embraced us and he came here and this broken weird story of Herod and this baby that's constantly running from him reminds us that nothing Nothing, not even death, could stop Jesus from coming after you, from opening his heart and embracing you. And this call to every one of us is not an easy call. He said, this is what you signed up for. He could have stayed in heaven with those he was tight with, those who would do his will, and those who would keep him in authority or keep him popular or honorable, protect him from people who would hurt his feelings, and all that kind of stuff, you hear what I'm saying. Your friend groups are too small. The people you like and love and embrace with your heart's too small. It is too small. We only, I mean, what are we, 160 here today? What's our biggest friend group? I don't even want to talk about that. It's embarrassing. If you went somewhere, who are you going to call? If you do something, who are you going to call? Scripture says to be a friend, you got to show yourself friendly. And Jesus came from heaven to earth to embrace all of us. And I don't like how you say that one thing, so I can't embrace you. This is not the story of Jesus. 
I don't like how you do this. I don't like the way you don't support me. I don't like how we plan those things. I don't like the way we do that. I don't, he doesn't make me uncomfortable. I think you're a snob. I think you're stuck up. Well, I don't think you're very personal. I don't think you're very kind. I don't care. There's a whole lot of that stuff that Jesus just embraced. I mean, think about yourself for a minute. Think about you for just a moment. What it takes Jesus to embrace you because he knows you. Not today. Not at church on a Sunday morning. Not when things are nice and good, your hair is pretty and your teeth are brushed. He knows you with your thoughts, the deepest, darkest, scariest, heartbroken, fearful, angry, bitter thoughts. And he embraced you. I'm guessing when he's running away from Herod, <clears throat> if he could, was old enough to even form words, he would say, how dare you? How dare you not embrace humanity? What are you anyway? What are you made of? Flesh and bone, mud and dirt. I formed all of you. Do you remember where I was? What I was doing this horrible pursuit when I took it all off and came down in your grossness, <laughs> confusion and lostness, and was pursued by someone I could have killed like that and just kept going because he could have killed me because I made myself that vulnerable. And you won't make yourself vulnerable. You won't put yourself out. You've got to have your posse to not anything extra, nothing different, same old, same old. We're stunted in our growth. The call is to open our hearts and embrace others, even flawed others, because that's what we all are. Enlarge our friend circles to include others. Your friend circles, every one of you are too small, and you know it. We all know it. Because your friend circles don't involve gross people. They don't involve dirty people. They don't involve stuck-up people. They don't involve snobs. They don't involve the rich or the poorest of the poor. They don't involve anybody with AIDS. They don't involve anybody with any kind of easy disease. If they've got COVID or if they got a cold, it's like, okay, you can't hang out with us. Our friend circles are just way too small. And the only way that lives are changed, not by getting them here. I watched you guys, man, that Herod story, everybody's like, man, I don't think I'm going to fade to sleep here. Talking about Herod. I'm going to hard time stay away talking about Jesus. Nobody else is going to come here and be fired up only. Lives are changed by you living your life into them. Worlds are changed by you living your world into them. You take Jesus everywhere you go. Your friend's circles are too small. Your hearts are not embracing enough people, and that is me as well. This story of Jesus, man, it is not kind from Herod, it is super kind and dangerous from Jesus, and it is on the go all the time. And you would say, haven't you done enough, Jesus? you got to be friends with them too? It's like, I came here to be friends with you. Of course i got to be friends with them. There's no difference. You're the same. Got to enlarge our friend circles to include others. We all have to enlarge our friend circles to include others. Real quick before we step out there, just a side note. I know what you're going to say. Everybody's going to drive home. Listen, don't be offended by me. We know this is the truth. I'm going to drive home. I'm going to get our car and say, yeah, but if they would have done this. No, it don't count automatically. Just call foul. Whoever you're with, I'm going to say, yeah, but when they did that, don't support that. Yeah, but, but 
well, they never do one. Sorry, don't support that. If you're in the car, husband, wife, kids, whoever, just call foul. Say, there's no yet buts. When's the, when's the last time you gave everything away for Jesus? When's the last time you just didn't want to go to church? When's the last time you didn't want to serve? When's the last time you didn't? And Jesus could have said the same thing to us. He said the exact same thing to us. Well, you never really put it all out for me, and I gave it all for you. Kind of snivelly and whiny and grouchy, and I've never, I just gave it all up for you. I always go the extra. I always love more. I always put it on the line. I'm the one that always takes the pain, and I'll keep doing it. And I expect you to do the same thing, always. No crying for maturity. I'm sorry. We're not going to get mature here. It's time we embrace it. We're in a human condition. And the farce of society and the farce of the church is that we're actually going to grow up one day. <laughs> and it will be so kind and nice and fun. It will be like, it's the funnest to be together. Yay. It ain't happening. This is what you have. It's the best thing going in the whole world. I mean, really, it's the greatest thing going in the whole world. So open your heart and embrace one another. Open your friend circles. Make them bigger. Maybe we could forever stop expecting others to jump through our, my acceptance hoops and just love and friend them as they are. It's the coolest story of Jesus. You don't have to be anything different to be loved by him. In fact, Brendan Manning says, he loves us as we are, not as we should be, because none of us are as we should be. The awesome story of Jesus goes something like this. Mark would say, um, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Matthew would say, man, I got a story for you. Sit down a minute. It's a story of someone who made themselves so vulnerable because they love you so much. They took off everything, no protection whatsoever. Yeah, well, he's probably tough. No, he was a baby. He was so babied that mama had to rock him, burp him, wipe his nose. He spit up on her, change his diaper. He couldn't coo, couldn't even roll over. She had to turn him over, pat him. Burp, go in, make sure he doesn't, you know, something doesn't happen in the night, doesn't get smothered, doesn't get whatever. I mean, mama has to take care of him. But the point was, because someone is hunting to kill him all the time. Because so confused about what leadership looks like. Herod thinks, wow, he's going to take my kingdom. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I want to take your life, your broken, lost life, Herod, and I want to redeem it. That's what I'm really here for. And I'm going to include everybody. He embraced everybody. He would embrace Herod. He would embrace anyone. He lived. He grew up. Was quite a man. But his birth is why he grew. And his life was, gave him opportunity to die. And he died for you and me for our sins. And in that story, the response, the proper response is to give back to him what he's so freely given to us. That at all peril... At all risk that someone might steal it away from you. You make yourself vulnerable and Herod might come and say, well, you're a jerk and you're embarrassing. You're not friendly to anybody. You're not whatever. You can't be. Herod will come in and just steal your friends. Herod's going to come in and steal your hope. And Herod's going to come in and embarrass you or hurt you or do whatever. Now, Jesus says, I took great risks for your soul. And my cause that you take great risks for me. I gave it all away for you. And it calls for you to give it all away for me. And it starts... With a, a move to Jesus in our hearts, our minds, 
and, it, and then it moves to an embrace of one another as we make our friend circles bigger. As we open our hearts to embrace one another, to love one another, to accept one another like Jesus accepted us, whether we ever get it or not. Listen, I didn't understand this message of Herod. I'm like, man, this is what a weird story. This just messes with everything we know. And it's supposed to mess with everything we know. And if you're here today and you're struggling about these things, the story of Christmas is a story of someone who was born to save us from all lostness and it, and it's lived out in us through one another so if you're here today and you're struggling with all this you can come forward our elders will pray for you pray with you if you're online that you can call one of our elders tim or myself if you've not given your life to jesus if you're not submitted to him his giving of his life to you you're giving of your life to him if you've not, not someone who hasn't just allowed yourself to die to give yourself back to him they would immerse you today one of our elders in in Jesus for new hope, new life for you. Whatever your desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing. How do you explain? How do you describe? A love that goes from east to west and runs as deep as it is wide. You know all our hopes. Lord, you know all our Yeah.
see you all here this morning. If you're visiting with us, we're awful glad to have you here. We invite you back anytime you have a chance to be with us. Uh, see some familiar faces here we haven't seen in a while. And uh, it's good to see you. I'm not going to call anybody out, but it's good to see you here. And uh, invite you back with us any chance you have a time to be with us. Uh, thanks, Zach, for leading us in worship. And Jamie, for your uh, words this morning. Appreciate you guys and all the guys that serve. Uh, on our prayer uh, request. Uh, I don't have any updates on anyone there. Uh, does anybody here have any updates? Anybody? Okay. Well, just remember those folks there. We have we got a lot of people that's going through some difficult times right now, and with uh, different illnesses and things. And uh, I just encourage you to be in prayer daily for those folks. I know that uh, it's a good thing to have people praying for you when things are rough. So just remember those. Uh, those folks there. Uh, on upcoming events, uh, next Sunday is our intermission Sunday. We're having the guys from intermission be leading our, our service. And then right after that, we're having a fellowship meal. And uh, there's a sign-up sheet back there to sign up for uh, side dishes and desserts. So uh, make sure you, you check that before you leave and get signed up for that. That's going to be a good time. Uh, Coats for Kids is going on. This Wednesday is the deadline for Coats for Kids. So but there's still some cards if you'd like to get with Garris and uh, get those cards or, or Cindy or Junior, whoever's got those, uh, they can set you up with uh, coats for kids. Or if you'd just like to m make a donation, you can do that as well. You can just uh, put it in an envelope, mark it, put it in one of the boxes or something. So, uh, But that's the deadline for that's December 6th. Uh, in our directory, uh, Garris told me today that uh, you can still sign up for a hard copy of the directory, but those will be going to the printer. We're going to actually order those from a printer, and we'll have those as soon as we can. So uh, that order is getting ready to go out. We'll probably have some extra ones, but I wouldn't, wouldn't count on having one here, so make sure you sign up for that. And there'll be a baby shower here for uh, Bill and Kara Deacon. Uh, it's a girl, and that's going to be January the 6th at 1 o'clock. So mark your calendars for that as well. And during church today, I found out something that we've been, all been waiting to hear this, but hadn't, hadn't had the information come in yet. But Sam and Shelby did have their baby, little boy, Friday. Samuel Paul Williams was born Friday. Everybody's doing fine. They're coming home today. And I didn't get any statistics or anything yet, but we'll put those in a bullet when we get it. So congratulations to, to the Williams family. Uh, anything else? Anything else that might need to be mentioned here? All right. Uh, I had this verse was in my one of my devotionals this past week, and uh, I thought this went really well with something Jamie said this morning when he was describing that uh, when Jesus came to the earth, he he wrapped his arms, wrapped his heart around us. And I don't know if you've ever seen this. You probably have. Maybe out in the wild, if he's out around the pond or a lake, or maybe watching a documentary or something on TV. But uh, a mother duck. You ever seen a duck go across the pond and the little ducklings following behind her? And if, you know, and it's, it's really neat to watch. But if there's danger, if that, that mother feels threatened, if you kind of take your eyes off and look back again, those little ducks are gone. 
You know, and then you, if you sit long enough and you watch, pretty soon the mother will come back out, and then you'll see the little ducks. Well, this verse comes from Psalm 91, verse 4. It says, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Just kind of comparing God as a, as a mother duck and takes those little, little ducklings under her wings and, and protects and shields them from danger. And the comfort that's there, you know, a duck's, if you ever look at a duck up close, they got that down feathers and they're just like that thick, you know. So she could have 12 little babies hiding under those wings, you know. Well, that's, that's kind of what I got when Jamie was talking about how Jesus wraps his arms around, wraps his heart around us. It's like that protection, you know. And uh, it's there for us. And, you know, I was looking through the bullet here and then talking to a few people when we was having our meet and greet. There's a lot, of, a lot of things going on with folks we know in our families and in this family that some we know about, some we don't. But everybody's, there's, there's something going on with everybody. There's, there's a lot of things out there. And it's comforting to know that you know, God wants to just wrap his arms around us and take care of us. So just a reminder for myself and all of us that uh, just like that mother takes care of her little ducks, that's the way God looks at us. So uh, if you would stand with me, we will have a, a word of prayer. And a, Hope you all have a wonderful afternoon. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for, for being our God, for watching over us, Lord, for taking care of us, Lord. Uh, as Jamie brought forth so well this morning, Lord, the, the gift of your son, uh, it's so, it's so uh, deep, the meaning of what all happened when you sent him to this earth, Lord. Uh, you wrapping your love around us and you watch over us, Lord, from, from day one. And we are eternally thankful for that, Lord. The, the, peace and the comfort that we get by knowing that, Lord. And we pray that you would bless all those on our prayer list this morning. So many folks going through difficult times now, Lord, we pray that you would bless and heal and comfort them. Uh, Lord, I ask a special prayer for uh, Dick Creel family. You'd be with uh, Rick and the families. He takes care of his dad and all that's going on there, Lord. Please bless and comfort them. And for all those, Lord, that's lost loved ones, pray that you would comfort and bless them. Give them reassurance and peace and comfort. Lord, we thank you for the lesson this morning. I pray that we can uh, truly meditate upon the words and grow, grow closer to you, that our circle will be uh, enlarged, Lord, that we can uh, love everyone that we come in contact with, Lord. We can show them the love of Christ through how we live and interact. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness when we fall short. We ask you to pick us back up and put us on the straight path, Lord. We thank you for answered prayers, Lord. Thank you for being the, the God that heals, that hears, Lord, and that you're concerned about us, Lord. We just ask that you would uh, go with us as we leave here. Help us to share you with others. And just help us to realize how blessed we are. Help us to love you more and love each other more. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I feel